we, we take this so, so for granted that we can come with like-minded believers and worship a living God. Yes. Don't miss that word. Yes. A living God. And one day, not only will we just join in with the choir of heaven and sing while we're here on earth, because you know that's what we do, right? You ain't starting nothing new. With, you know, just because you decided this morning to open your mouth and sing a song, you, you didn't start anything that's not already been started. Worship has been going on since the beginning of time. It's been there for eternity. All we... We are blessed and highly favored that we can enter into the worship Amen. with the choir of heaven. And you ought, to, you, ought to feel, you ought to feel special. Well, I'm not stopping here. I think God's got something for you and I want to go through it. You've got your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to read verses 1 through 20, God willing, and doesn't stop me and makes me preach on every other word, but I've got some notes for you this morning, and I want to, I think this is what stirred it all, so I want to, I want to give you what I believe God would have me give you this morning. Matthew chapter 28. Starting at verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And sat on it. You just had an hour extra sleep. It's not Easter. It's just, okay, we just reading it. I don't want people to get confused. And they go, it's Easter? His countenance was like lightning. And his clothes as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him. And became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. And he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. I think we missed that. When we do our Easter sermons, we talk about he's risen. And, and that's, that's, that's great. That is great. But this is the cherry on top. This is the icing on the cake. He is risen as he said. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll get to it. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went... To tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave them large sums of money. 
to the soldiers, saying, tell them it's a bribery. It's a bribery. Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and they did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Oh, I want to stop there. Keep reading. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Father, this morning, I need you. And I'm holding to this that you'll never leave me. Have your way, Father, this morning in my mind and my heart and my mouth. Let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer. Press that coal against my lips. Father, give me the words to speak. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have you ever found yourself in a place in life when you ask yourself, how did I end up here? How did I get here? You ever ask yourself that? I mean, you're going through life and everything seems to be on track. Now this. Man, the marriage is just, it's been peaches and cream. We've been in the newlywed time, the, the, the honeymoon season. And everything is fine and uh-oh, now this. Your children, man, they've been going to school. Matter of fact, they, they graduate in Harvard University. Everything is going along just fine. Man, you, everything seems to be okay. Now this. You ever found yourself there? And the problem with that is, a lot of the times, most of us have been told prior You keep treating her like you're treating her. It's going to get ugly. Oh, you keep letting your kids, let them go and do. Well, they're just having a few drinks with the friends. Keep letting them do that without putting the word in their life. It's going to get ugly. The sad part of that is some of the times we do say. And they still go. That's the other people that I'm talking to this morning too. They still end up there and now they're going. Now this. 
Well, I thought everything would be okay. Now that, well, I was only just, but now that, by the way, the title to the message this morning, now this, that had to have been what Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had to have been feeling. They had been walking with Jesus and, and been catering to the Lord. He had been blessing them with his presence and, and feeding their hearts and their minds with the word. He had shown them great miracles and had taken them all this way. Now this. But it wasn't as if they hadn't been told. Isn't it amazing how you can be told and still find yourself saying now this. How many of us have been told? And if you ain't raised your hand, you're lying. You're lying. Don't be lying in the house of the Lord. But many of us go through life and we end up in circumstances and events just like Mary. I'm just going to say Mary so I don't have to say Mary Magdalene and Mary. I'll just say Mary. Y'all understand it's two of them. I'll just say Mary. Mary, peace. Mary. Here they are. Man, everything was going along just fine. And they watched as their Lord was beaten, crucified, and now he's not even in the grave. Now what? How, how do we tend with circumstances and events that show up unexpectedly. Oh, they knew because they had heard. They didn't know the timing. Have you ever been there? You, you, you knew it was going to happen. You just didn't know when. And then when it hit, it's unexpectedly. And here they are. In a place in their life they weren't ready for. How am, I, how am I supposed to, after all that he has said to us, I can, I can hear the conversation. And I probably can't keep up with them because it's two women talking. I probably can't, because I know how y'all talk, man. It's just like this, and I got to go like this and dodge the stuff that I don't need so that I can catch the things that I do need. <laughs> You better listen. <laughs> you, bet, you better dodge, dodge that I took a right at the Kroger store. Dodge that. Because she could come back out of the Kroger store and get back on 460. <laughs> They're talking between. How, how are we supposed to handle this now? What are we supposed to tell everybody? Man, we have. Man, don't you remember that we told John and Susan? That he was the Lord? Don't you remember that we told Billy and Bob? I'm running out of names. And Lisa and Joan. Yeah, don't you remember what we had told them and how we had taught them what he had taught us? And now he's not even here. What, how are we going to attend? What are we going to do now? And it was unexpected. And because it was unexpected, it caught them in a place of fear. I don't think I'm going to get to my notes. But it caught them in a place of fear. And fear began to overcome them. How many of you know that when fear enters in, everything else exits? Everything now that you're experiencing because of the fear 
has now become the obstacle of your attention. Everything, everything else that you were told, everything else that you've done, everything else that you experienced, everything that you were supposed to believe, all of that stuff has gone. Now fear is the driver. And you're standing in a place of unexpectancy. What am I to do now? Come on, listen, I'm, talk, I'm talking to every one of you sitting in here. I'm telling you, I know when God's ordained something. I'm talking to every one of you sitting in here. You've all been in that place when a season of your life has jumped up unexpectedly and smacked you right in the mouth. And you already, you already knew something was happening. But because it jumped out from behind a bush and caught you off guard in the middle of the morning when you stumped a toe on the end of the bed, you know, the holy person that was praying on Sunday night, you stump your toe Monday morning and then you cuss in the bed. Come on, it slips out and you go, oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> Come on, we've all done it. We've all been here. We, we found ourselves in circumstances. That we cannot control. And because we cannot control it, we begin to be eat up and succumb by fear. And now everything that we do and say and believe is directed by the fear. What am I supposed to do? I mean, my... I was running five miles... No, not me. I was running... Who's in here as a runner? You... I was running five, well, no, I'm not going to say that because then something's going to happen and then somebody else going to jump I ain't doing it. See, I, I thought my health was good. Now this. I thought they were okay. Now this. I mean, here they are. Just like you and I. Something we were not ready for has happened. And now we're having to live in the moment. What do you do? Boy, I love how God just helps us. He's our helper. <laughs> He's our helper. He's our easer. See, I said easer and she looked. Don't you know that when your wife is your easer, she has the same name that God gave himself when he said, look up unto the hills to where your help comes from. It's easer. It's your wife. See, see when, I, when I say, God, I need help, I'm expecting the Holy Spirit and my wife not far behind. <laughs> Any good man, you better be listening. Because if it wasn't for her, you know they always say, a man that finds a wife, not find a woman. You can find women everywhere. And just because they're married don't mean they're a wife. Never mind, not marriage counseling. This isn't going, I'm not, get off of that track. Let's go where we're supposed to be. because of fear we've been consumed and we don't understand we don't know how to fix it we don't know what to do we begin to react out of our flesh Be come on your human nature says when fear enters you retreat Some of us say it like this, but I'm going to go ahead and call out the lie from the enemy. Some say it's fight or flight. Nope, fear causes you to flee. Faith causes you to fight. You bet. Don't be listening to my wives' tales. You look God's word. He'll tell you the truth. Fear had consumed them, and here comes God on the scene. Wouldn't you know it? There's always a but God. Every time you talk, there's a but. 
and it's God's butt. <laughs> it's always on the scene. The angel shows up. And what's the first thing the angel says? The angel didn't say believe. The angel said, do not be afraid. See, you can't tell me that Mary didn't believe. They had followed him. You can't tell me that Mary didn't believe because they went to his tomb. You can't tell me that Mary didn't believe. They were at the cross. They were in fear. And God knew if you react in fear and not react in faith, David would put it like this. Something going to happen. It's when you react in fear. But he had to remind. He, he give. Oh. What he done was went back after their faith. He had to renew their faith. He had to cause their faith to rise up inside of them so that they get. Oh, just a good sample, a example, but I can't do it, but I want to. Don't y'all know when you, you go and y'all up in a panic and crazy, what's the first thing somebody does? Get hold to yourself. Come on, right? Right? Don't ever smack me when I get in a panic. Just, just don't, okay? I want to stay married to you. I love you. But am I not right? I mean, you, you, oh, this just like, y'all watch a lot of TV. I know you do. When you see it, what do they, they, pow, get a hold to yourself. Pow, wake up. Pow, stop acting stupid. That was God sending the angel. Mary, get a hold to yourself. Faith, rise up. That's the first thing he attacked. Now, just because I need to make this clear, because this has been taught in theology, and this is completely wrong. Where there's fear does not mean there's not faith. Where there's faith does not mean there's not fear. All right, well, here, let me help you. You're close to 70. Um, Charlie liked that. Charlie just laughing. Just laughing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine God speaking to you at the age of 70-something and saying, I want you to leave all your family and everything, pack your bags, I'm going to take you to a land. Okay, I'm sure there was some faith because Abraham started moving. But I'm also sure there's probably a little bit of fear there. I wonder where I'm going. I wonder if I'm dressed for the occasion. See, y'all got, got it made because y'all Google. Oh, if we're, go we're going to Tennessee this weekend. Uh, what's the weather? Make sure you pack the right bags. You can't tell me that because I have some fear that I don't have faith. Now when faith is absence in the midst of fear. That means I no longer move forward. Don't you know that fear. Fear will attack you. And fear will hold you captive. And cause you not to move forward in the things of God anymore. And most of what that fear is related to. Is the sense of. Not knowing what's next. See, if God said, if God would have told you, I'm going to pick on you some more. 
If God would have told you eight years ago that she was going to be the one you would marry and you seen her eight years ago and you knew that God said this is the one and God showed you the whole life, you'd have probably proposed right then without fearing if you'd have been serving God at the moment. Don't know if you was or not, didn't, don't, don't really care. I know where you're at now. I'm concerned where you're at now. I don't, I'm not concerned where you come from. See, if God can erase it, why can't I? Huh? If, if God ain't concerned with it no more, why are we? Why do we label people by their past? Oh, well, you used to, come on. We, we all say, you know, you know Debbie, the, the drug addict, you know, the one that was just... God washed that. And it's gone. But our faith, if we're not careful, will be held in bondage. And some cases flee because fear is overcome. Then we begin to react out of our fleshly human nature. Because we all do it. Come on, your human nature, look, some of y'all nasty. Human nature is just nasty. I'm just telling you, you, you don't even love the one you're with. If it was left up, you, come on. Okay, can I go, I'll just go there this morning. Boy, I feel free and feel good this morning. Because if your flesh... If your flesh loved flesh like you say you love flesh, like her. See, I can talk about her because she ain't in here. If you loved her, she would love this part. If you loved her as much as you say you loved her, flesh, human nature. Now, I'm going to jump back to somebody else, okay? So y'all don't try to. I wonder if he really. I'm, boy, human nature. Always looking for somebody, ain't they? All Pharisees. Well, I rebuke religion in the name of Jesus this morning. How dare you? Don't you ever rise up against another brother or sister in Christ. But the love that you had for so-called wife has now went away because I seen somebody else. All right, let me get off of him so y'all don't be trying to. So now we begin to desire. You better not, boy. (laughs) Debbie said, I need to explain. Son-in-law, you better not be desiring another woman. But here's human nature. Boy, watch. Watch all the men squirm. Watch all the men squirm. Because every one of us men has looked at another woman. Don't, don't, don't look up. Don't look or just keep your head just right where you're at. And she won't hit you. And she won't burn your chicken this evening. Just. Yes, you have. Here's the difference. The first look's not the sin. That's the temptation. The second look now becomes the sin because it's consciously done. All right, I'll just set you free. You're good, man. You're good. Just say, honey, it was temptation. Man, how did I get off on that? Move back. Good day. Fear and faith. And you tell it, oh, because fear will cause you to react out of your flesh. Your human nature now rises up. So now you react according to the flesh. This is why why it's so important that we read God's word and we listen to what he's telling us. We are to die to self daily. We are to walk by the spirit, not by the flesh. Why? Because the flesh will get you in trouble. Every time you get in trouble, just look at it and say, baby, it's the flesh. 
It was the flesh. Because the spirit of a man Don't be afraid. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said. Boy, don't have we all not been in this circumstance? Check this out. Oh, this is good. Man, I love the Holy Spirit. Now, Joe, listen. Don't do that. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, if you keep on, is she going to club you? I'm just, please listen. I'm, try, I'm trying to stir him up on the inside so that he acts out of his spirit, man, not his fleshly man, not the human nature, man. We all have it. Don't put your stones down. But for some reason... We've all been told not to do something or we better stop or you better not. Somebody's trying to get you on track. That was the angel trying to get Mary on track. Listen, listen, he's just not here. It's okay. He's risen just like he had to take them back to Matthew 26, 32. When he said, and then I'll rise again. See, that was the, that was the prophecy fulfilled, a promise fulfilled. That's what that was. He had told them that he was, this was going to happen. I'm going to die and go, but I'm going to raise again. And then I'm going to meet with you in Galilee. Boy, he is so good. He is so good. He even knows where to tell you to go. But anyway, here, here's the angel telling him, just go. Don't be afraid. Just go. I want you to tell the other disciples that he's not here, that he's risen just like he said. Boy, you get excited. And then you take off running, and buddy, within five or six steps, you'd have forgot what the angel had told you. Fear had come back, chased you down, run you over, and now you're standing in the middle of a dirt driveway going, I wonder if he's really up. I wonder if they didn't go. Because, see, if you noticed in Scripture, it actually said that the soldiers were met by those Pharisees and the Sadducees, those religious people. Come on. You've not, you've not gone through any of that? Man, you guys are so lucky. Because I've experienced it so often where I know that God has told me something and has stirred my spirit up and I begin to walk in that and the next thing I know, I got a brother in Christ. I'm going to go tell everybody. I think pastor done lost his mind. <laughs> Trying to discourage. And that's what happened. The angels got their faith lifted, man, and they, they took off, they you know they believed because they took off out of the, to go tell the disciples. They was like, yes! And they take off running. And I mean, it was probably a good little piece to run there. I'm sure they didn't camp out just at the bottom of the mountain. And on their way, everybody else is over here saying something different to debunk what you know that you heard. Come on, I, let me, I'm going to give you some examples because I hate offense. I'm sick of hearing it because you don't even know what you're talking about most of the time. Most of the time it's just flat anger. It ain't got nothing to do with offense. You don't even know what offense means and you're saying I'm offended. Here's the deal. If I could count how many people's come to me and said, I know God's called me to this house. And I am here for the long run. I got your back. Well, if I could count that, get a dollar for every time I heard it. I take you to a baseball game. I don't even like baseball. <laughs> we just spend that money. And then the next thing you know, they gone. Fuck God. Well, Pastor, maybe the Lord called them out. Hmm? Possibly. But there's an order in the house of the Lord. But anyway, I'm telling you, Better be careful because then I'm standing in the midst of, well, they told me this. Now I'm experiencing this unexpe unexpectedly. 
They gone. What happened? I don't know. Where do you at? I don't know. Not answering the phone, not answering a letter, don't write, don't. So I'm standing in the midst of unexpected circumstance, caught off guard. Now fear wants to set in. You can say something wrong. You done something outside of God's word. You, you, heretic. So what pastor do? Retreat. <laughs> don't, don't, don't judge me. Because you've done it. You've backed off of what God put in your life because of what others have done or said to you. There's going to be a whole lot of people that's going to be in hell because of what one man said to them. Or woman. Because they're going to carry hatred. Well, Pastor, how can you say they're going to go to hell? Okay. Listen, I love it when you ask. It allows me to respond. Scripture says, if you can't forgive your brother who sinned against you, how can my Father in heaven forgive you? You bet... <laughs> This is taken too lightly. We only want to believe and walk by what we feel is right for the moment. Oh, if it meets my agenda, I'm going to talk about it. If it don't meet my agenda, we go pass over that scripture. Well, that ain't what he really meant. I'm here to tell you. There ain't but one way that the world will ever recognize you as one of Christ's disciples. There's only one way. Y'all better hear me. There's only one way. And he said it's by this you'll be known. Is that you love one another. The Bible says that if you don't love your brother, the love of God ain't in you. Oh, come on, pastor. Preach this word this morning because we need something. We've all been there. Please be careful. Wake up. Get, get, snap out of it. Walk by faith. Do you walk by flesh? Walk by faith. I don't care what you see. Walk by faith. Did he not say? Yeah, he did. That's why the angel said that. And they running along, and man, somehow, some way, along the way, they had just said, well, I don't know. And then Jesus shows up. But I just love it. Because see, what needs to take place in our life, a lot of the times, I really want to get to page one. What happens a lot in our lives is that, man, we are so full of it, there for a minute, faith. <laughs> full of faith. Some of you full, full of faith. And we run in the long, man, and it just takes one stump in the road. It just takes one knock in the head. And the next thing you know, we have forgotten. And God is so gracious. God is so faithful. God is so unwavering that he goes, you know what? They've already been told, but they're not listening. They need A revelation. What's a revelation? Anybody? It's an unveiling. 
see what was hidden from their eyes. Oh, dear God, open their eyes this morning. Let them see what I see. Let them see that there's more of them. <laughs> he said they need to see me. Oh, we need a God moment. See, you know, you know, you know. Well, let me retract. It's a crying shame that some that even see fall away. The Bible said it's worse. Because you get delivered now, and you don't put something in its place. Oh, there's another one for me. Man, I look, I, we try, I, well, never mind. <laughs> we get delivered, and we don't replace it. This is why it's hard for those that have addictions. Because we get rid of this one. We'll, we, help, we, no, we break the hands. We won't let them smoke weed. We'll break the hands. But now they start snorting coke. Then we put clothespins on their nose, and now they got friends that's injecting them. I mean, if we get rid of an addiction, if we get, if we get rid of anything ungodly in our lives and do not replace it with something holy and godly in its place, the demons, the Bible says, will come back. Guess what? Sevenfold. They go bring. Uh oh, uh oh. At one time, I only had to fight one of them. Now I got to fight seven of them. Can you imagine that doubling up now? You get rid of them, and here come fourteen. See, y'all stop at that scripture. Keep going, and then ask yourself this question: Why is it so hard for you to break what you're going through? How many times have you been delivered? Come on up in church. And God said, they got to see me. So I'm going to show myself. Here's the funny part about it. We okay? On time. Here's the funny part about it. God shows up. And he tells them the exact same thing that the angel told them. Read the scripture. And the first words out of his mouth, he didn't say, hey, where are you going? How you been? What's happening? He said, do not be afraid. How many of you have had an angel appear to you in a circumstance and got you activated and got you ready to roll? And two years later, it took God to show up. Man, you've lived in hell and torment for those two years. Man, you was broke free. They run out of the tomb, the Bible said. They ran. See, when you get freed by God, you run. It ain't none of this. Well, I guess that was all right. They were excited. Jesus had risen, just as he said, and on the way. Oh, there's another good part. There's another good part. You better be on your way. If you want to meet Jesus, you better be on your way. Uh-oh. Go through Scripture. Just go through Scripture. Jesus always helping people that had already started on their way. They were already in the process. Naaman dipping seven times. He was in the process. Jesus didn't show up until the seventh. The lepers at the gate. Jesus didn't show up until they began to walk. Come on. 
stop this foolish theology, these lies that are being preached. And consider waiting on the Lord as doing nothing. That's not waiting on the Lord. That's being lazy. You want, want God to do it. He, he, I've said this before and I've gotten smacked with it, but I'm going to say it again. And if you want to smack me, that's fine. Doesn't matter. But I'm going to say it again. God's done all he's going to do for you on the cross. Our problem is we don't understand that it's already been done on the cross. And we're still asking him to do it. And he's still going, would you snap? That, that's a, I think that's a lot of our issue in life is that we don't truly believe that what he done on the... If he hadn't completed and finished what he said... He would have never went to heaven and sat down. His work was done. Why do he, it is finished. God, please keep me on track. Somebody needs to hear this. It's finished. It was finished on the cross some 2,000 years ago and we're struggling with it so bad because we can't muster up just enough faith, mustard seed, of faith to pull the abstract into the concrete and live a life of deliverance that he has already paid for. He's already done it. He took the whips on the post. He took the nails in the hands. He took the crown in the head. He took the spear in the side. He's already done everything that he can do for you on the cross some 2,000 years ago in the physical, mind you, in the physical. Because before then, he had already been crucified and slaughtered like a lamb being led to slaughter. He'd done that prior to even actually doing it in the physical because the Bible said, that he was done prior he was done that in eternity he was done that before the beginning of the world and yet we still struggle to reach out and grab a hold to that which he has called well pastor now you get you get one of them kind now call me a lunatic because I'm just crazy enough to believe that when he said, Rocky, that sickness isn't for you. Now listen, I'm, please, please. Man, I wish we could do this in the living room. Because then I could be sitting down and it would not seem as aggressive. I'm not after you. I'm after the enemy. Please understand that. I'm going to just sit down a minute because I don't want this to be aggressive. Now I'm not saying... That those of us that had contracted this man-made disease. See, I'm going to be real specific. I'm not going to say that the ones of us that contracted it and had worse than others is that the one with worse had less faith. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm not saying that. I am not saying that the ones that did not have the effect as much as the other one had more faith. I am not saying that. This is what I'm saying. As I was laying in the bed, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm, as I was laying in the bed and get woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, shivering uncontrollably and can't, Seemed to shake it. Not really, no, no pun intended. But I couldn't figure out what was going on. Cold. Man, I wrapped myself. She decided that night, of all nights, my wife. Of all nights, my wife wants to sleep in another room because she wasn't feeling good. So I'm in there by myself, not feeling good. And I'm going, help! And my wife's not there. But I'm sitting there shivering for three hours. And I finally got so mad. I don't like, don't come wake me up. It better be an emergency. I got so mad. I said, I don't know what you are. And I don't know whose you are. But you're not mine. And you got to go in the name of Jesus. I got to go to sleep. 
And I rolled over, and I'm just telling you the God's truth. I went back to sleep, and the next day I was up doing yard work. Now listen, I am, I'm, I'm not casting anything. To, if you're feeling condemnation on that, you need to talk to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because I'm, I'm not coming after you. I'm just telling you, things in this world that we go through are not always given to us by God. Wait a minute, Pastor, what's that mean? That means God will put it on you. Well, God don't put... I, I ain't got time. I ain't got time, but yes, he will. But until he tells me, shut up, boy, this is for you, I'm going to rebuke everything come my way. Because he, God, why well, I got to go through it? Jesus took care. He paid the price for that. I, our biggest thing in the house is it ain't mine. They'll tell you, my kids, I, it ain't mine. I, I don't, it's not mine. And if it's not mine, you ain't hanging out. But we need God to show up. I've almost lost my place, but I found it when I looked at you. We need God to show up. And when God showed up, God spoke the same thing that's already been told to us. Man, if we would just wait a minute and let the faith that's been stirred by the one that came, because when God says he goes before you, most of the times he's gone, he sent somebody else. Religious people ain't going to carry that. But that's not God. That's God. In an obedient vessel, it's God. And he's trying to tell us something. Stop. Listen. Pay attention to. And we keep canceling that out. That's why I don't want to, that's why I don't want to befriend you very much. Because I don't want you to hear Rocky. I want God to minister to you. And see, if I know everything that's going on in your life, don't you know it's a lot easier for me to mix that up with a, with a saying and put it on you? And then you go, oh, it's just pastor. That's just Rocky. Because when I become a friend, I, I leave from pastor to Rocky. And I've told you before, familiarity is not your friend. Oh, this is a lonely place, ain't it, baby? This is a lonely place. I can put all my friends probably on a couple fingers. It's a lonely place. But the benefit's for you. And some of us are so disrespectful that we can't even receive that. And that's why you, most, some, a few, will walk in what you walk in. Because you think you've become buddies now. I'm your pastor. And I want God to minister to your spirit. I am, brother, I am more concerned, and I'm going to come and get, you know, but I am more interested in God convicting your spirit than I am about us spending time and you cutting hair and doing that kind of thing. I mean, it's good times, and we still, I got to get back to that. But we got to be careful. The Bible even says, receive the prophet in the name of the prophet and receive a prophet's reward. They wasn't even able to receive Jesus in his own town. That's why Jesus left and put camp somewhere else. He, matter of fact, when he left, the Bible never mentions him ever again going back. He went to a place. Dear God. He went to a place where people were open to receive. And what happened was it released a realm in Jesus that Jesus hadn't experienced at that moment either. Y'all remember, y'all remember, see, we, we do this on Wednesday night. See, y'all need to come on Wednesday. You want food? Come on Wednesday. But 
don't remember? When he met the centurion? And the centurion said, you ain't got to go lay hands because I've already seen you do that. You're Lord. He recognized him as Lord, called him Lord, and said, you just send the word. There was something Jesus ain't never done before. Jesus said, okay. And then he said, it's done. Jesus stayed there. That was, that was his place of operation. He done all, most all of his miracles there. Why? Because people were open to receive the glory of God. They weren't tied to, well, that's Joseph's son. Well, that's man. He's just a carpenter. He just, is not this the man? No, this is the Lord. Jesus shows up. I'm almost done. Maybe. Jesus shows up to Mary. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go and tell. Oh, man, I love this part. I, I, I think I wrote this somewhere. I, I just said, go tell others. I ain't going to look for it. I'm pretty sure I wrote, go tell others. I think what he said. He said, go tell my brother. Because, see, if you go tell others, oh, God, this is so rich. I want to just keep going. If you go tell others, those are the ones that hadn't been believing in him anyway. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees have already gone and bribed the soldiers, which has already gone and told the king. And blah, 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 blah. And they're going to go, well, that's not true because this is what happened. The disciples stole the body. That's why he said, go tell my brother. Go tell the ones that believed in me. Because it is them that I told that not only will I destroy the temple and but I will restore it in three days. It's those people that I said that I'll rise again and I'll meet you. And I want you to tell them because they have believed. See, Jesus, oh, ooh, Jesus will give more revelation to those that believe. And they said, okay. And they take off. They take off to tell the disciples. And this was, this was the good part right here. This was, this was my part. I loved it. He said, go and tell them to go to Galilee. Go to Galilee. It's in Galilee that I'll meet you. Why Galilee? I mean, why couldn't you have gone to, gone back to Bethlehem? Gone to Jerusalem? Why, why, Gal why Galilee? Why Galilee? Because when we need Jesus to help us through an unexpected circumstance in our life, he wants to take us back to the place where we've seen him before. You know, that time that you felt so lonely and he showed up. That's Galilee. That place where you found yourself sitting in despair. And God reached down out of the heavens and give you what I call the holy hug. That's where he wants to meet you. See, he's got to get you back to where you trust that he done something in your life in order to trust him that he's going to continue to do something in your life. If we allow fear to stop us at this point, if fear holds you at the tomb, my friend, you'll never come out. Have you ever went and looked at people when we talk about, man, now this, really? I'm, I'm here? I, I, 
now this, and you've looked at people, and you, when you, if you just look at your neighbor and go, I've been there, <laughs> I've been there. Some of you going to look at your neighbor and go, man, they don't look like they've been anywhere. Come on, have you ever really looked? Man, this is a face that's gone through hell and back. Rough. But she loved me. So I don't care what you think, how good looking I am. She thinks I'm good looking. Rough. Body wore out, tore up. Tired. Just tired. But you look at somebody and they go, it don't look like you've been through nothing. Let me help you. You want to look like that? Leave the tomb. Go to Galilee. Because most of what we see on people is not their past and what they've gone through. It's what they struggle with in the present and they've become bound to. See, they're still living in that cave. Oh, they're saved. But for some reason, they can't get past the tomb. Oh, the stone is rolled. <laughs> I love Jesus. The stone's been rolled away. He has set the captive free. He brought them out of Egypt but couldn't get Egypt out of them. He, he released you from an addiction but you're holding on to it. Because it's what makes you feel good in times of loneliness and despair and broken heartedness. And when you look at people and you see, man, you don't look like you've gone through nothing. And then you hear their story. Good Lord have mercy. How did you even make it to where you are now? I went to Galilee. I went to Galilee. I wanted to see God in another dimension. And the only place I could do that was in Galilee. Because I had to get over here and remember. If he was able to do this and he was able to do that and he took me through this and he took me through that and he prepared a way for here and he supplied me for this and he took care of that, then I know that what I'm going through right now, he is faithful and just. Now this. So I'm going to close with this. If you find yourself standing in an unexpected situation and you go, now this, remember Galilee. Stand with me. Unless y'all want me to get on some notes. Because I got about eight pages of them. You need to be reminded that God has been so good to you. God has given you things that you do not deserve. He's put people in your path you don't deserve. He's caused you to fall in love with someone you don't deserve. He's given you somebody that you don't deserve. He's given you somebody you don't deserve. He put somebody in your life just because he loves you. Can I tell you that your past... Can't dictate your future. It has no right. It has no authority. And if you've been bought and covered in the blood of Christ, you're free. The Bible says that you're free. Free indeed you're free. Man, I just, I wish I could just, I want to hug him. Distractions. 
Have you ever felt that way sometimes? You just... I was on my way to work Friday. Attending <laughs> with a Monday on a Friday before I even got there. And I'm going down the road and I took that left right there on 9th Street. And I started crying. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing unusual. But I just, just out of the blue, I started crying. And I started just smacking my leg. And I said, you're so faithful. You're so good to me. Don't you know he's so good to you? My God, I want to hug him. Don't stay at the two. What you're looking for, what you're searching for, is not where you're looking. <laughs> wow. Well, I've heard some pastors say he's erased it. Oh, if that couldn't be a more true statement. Because you're looking for something and you don't see it because he's erased it. Let it go. Run. Run. Get out of the tomb. Run. Run. And I want you to go and tell my brethren. 